Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Thursday Night Football. We're back to not, not the chimsy $500,000 to first on DraftKings like we had Monday night for not the greatest of games, but we're back to the heavy hitters. Two teams that might be in the playoffs. One in the Cowboys that look like they are, right? They're getting some players back. The reinforcements, the top two receivers, right? Thursday night, million dollars. It's back up for grabs. I'm here right now to break it down for you. We're going to go through the salary ranges, and we're going to go in-depth on every single one of these players. I have my projections. I have my rankings. I got it all loaded in the optimizer. If you want to use those tools or anything like that, you can check them out down below. But for right now, let's slide on a late night or an early morning or a Tuesday afternoon for me into the breakdown of this showdown slate. So we shall start right up top. Hopefully having a beautiful day today to you people out there. Right up top with the most expensive players. And there is a lot of expensive players on the slate. I mean, we're talking four players at $10,000 or above. Three coming from one team. So it's going to be difficult. It'll be difficult to, I would say, find, hopefully we find value. But difficult to get exposure to all these guys. Especially as many people out there. You're only playing one or two or three lineups. So let me help you find your way to the right direction. Up top, you're going to have the most expensive player on the slate. One of two players in the $11,000 range. That is Dak Prescott who's going to find himself in a matchup against a Saints defense that is continuously going downward. Whether it's been injuries like all season long, whether it's just the combination of facing the Bills who are great. Oh, but wait, they, they also face the Eagles. And for a team that was supposed to be able to stop the run, couldn't stop the run. But uh, the Eagles offensive line is just moving people right now in the running game. Either way, though, the Saints defense has been gashed in different ways. Through the pass, through the air, right? Their pass rush this year because of how it's been banged up. 27th in the NFL. That's not going to be good when you're coming into a Cowboys offense and their offensive line that is getting healthier and overall healthier offense. So that's not going to be great. Dak should have time to throw in this one. And even struggling on things. Thanksgiving Day, the game that you watched, you know, with your aunt, your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your nephew, right? Tell a friend to tell a friend, hey, 375 yards and two touchdowns. We'll take that in fantasy at least, right? So he's gone over 20 points in eight out of 10 games this year. That was his first 300-yard game though, right? He's had some rushing yards here and there, but mainly getting there through touchdowns. That was his first 300-yard game since week five, right? He only has now three 300-yard games on the year, the first one being the first game of the year, that great game to start the season against Tampa Bay. I do indeed have Dak Prescott as the highest projected player on this slate, and I have him there by almost four fantasy points right now. So at this price tag, if we're talking about the players that are priced up in this range, I don't think that he is the best player, let's say above $8,000 value-wise, but he's pretty damn close. So Dak Prescott, the quarterbacks on this slate, you're going to see the quarterbacks look like strong plays on this slate. It's a decent slate, 47.5 team total, 5.5 point favorites are these Dallas Cowboys as of this recording. The next man up you're going to see is Alvin Kamara. And the biggest news that I should probably report is that Amari and CeeDee Lamb are expected back. Cedric Wilson got banged up with an ankle. At best, he'd be the wide receiver four in this game, though, assuming that CeeDee Lamb does pass the concussion protocol, which he's on track to do. But the bigger news is that Taysom Hill is expected to start. As of this video, it's been reported by Ian Rappaport that he's going to start. There's been no announcement from the team as of this video, but he is expected to to start. And that is important for Alvin Kamara. Kamara, who got in his first ever, and it was the Monday, he uh, it was Sunday where he got in a limited practice. Monday estimated injury report, they said limited practice. So this was his first ever limited practice tag that we've seen out of him since being injured two, two and a half weeks ago. So that's good. So if Kamara is trending in the right direction, and if he's not playing, you just know play Mark Ingram, who's now off the injury report, looks a lot better, right? You go right to there. But if, if Kamara is playing in this one, this is a steep price tag for now having Taysom Hill in there, right? You had four games last year, and by the way, he has a good matchup. Dallas his run defense ranks 27th overall but you had four games last year where Taysom Hill actually started and in those four games it was not great it was one target two targets three targets and then the big game came through with 10 targets for Alvin Kamara so which one is it going to be obviously you want to keep Kamara involved will he be limited coming back from a lower body 
injury and you kind of saw that with Saquon a couple years ago with a similar injury right so that is going to be your main concern here in those games Alvin Kamara though he still ended up having 11 6 18 and 22 fantasy points so he was able to be productive even without a lot of targets in some of those games mainly relying on touchdowns so there will be a good matchup here though if you're up in this $11,000 range though I do prefer Dak Prescott just less question marks for Dak Prescott um, similarly good matchups for the two of them but just less overall question marks next up you get another guy who's got question marks around him and it's Ezekiel Elliott Elliott apparently dealing with a, a knee bruise right now they're saying that they want to maybe limit him he said that the team never said that to him but if you look at what happened on Thanksgiving they kind of did limit him in some ways because Pollard saw a lot of opportunities is Elliott in that game ran a lot of routes 31 to Pollard's 19 but Elliott 17 opportunities to Pollard's 14 Pollard got them down to the goal line and Elliott just stole like the one yard touchdown I mean that's basically why he was relevant in that game aside from you know six catches in PPR formats but only for 24 yards so Zeke is playing with his bone bruise he's facing a run defense that got gashed by the Eagles, who, I mean, their offensive line in the run game is probably the best in the league right now. The Eagles, they look great, but still a top two run defense, according to Pro Football Focus. So this is a tough spot for Zeke, right? 63% of the snaps is lower than the 70s to mid 70s we saw before this knee bruise. He has had the mini buy to adjust, but the price tag is not taking into account the fact that Ezekiel Elliott in that last game only saw 56% of the Cowboys opportunities when, or 58% when you saw Tony Pollard seeing 42%, which is one of the highest splits we've seen all, all year. So Zeke definitely not out of play because 17 opportunities on a showdown slate how good Zeke is especially in the red zone still involved in the passing game in a major way he's obviously still in play but again I would prefer to try and get up to Dak Prescott or to this next range of players where CeeDee Lamb is expected to return right now and by the way if you have not yet already heard of ratethispodcast.com slash Sal it just takes you to the podcast version of this here show right now and maybe you're already listening to this on the podcast or watching right here on YouTube if you just go to that on your phone whatever it might be your device you're watching this on ratethispodcast.com slash Sal it takes about 30 seconds to just hit the show with a five-star review and say something nice about it It gets you into a raffle to win $100 weekly we will draw that raffle hopefully on this Sunday's live stream but helps the show a ton appreciate that so now back to the program so you get to some of these Cowboys pass catchers start to come up now and the first one is going to be CeeDee Lamb and CeeDee Lamb missed week 12 he had the concussion couldn't pass it there were some potential chances he could play seemed like a smokescreen ended up being a smokescreen try and clear protocol in three days uh Devante Adams did it like three years ago but since three years ago these head traumas have become much much more or really even four years ago for Adams against the Bears on Thursday night and he played well but since then obviously this has been taken even more seriously than it was then so 7.7 targets per game leads this team right now on a 21% target share so it's pretty spread out that makes sense when you have I mean Gallup when he's healthy but more so Amari Cooper on the opposite side of you but in his last six games he has four games of over 19 fantasy points so that's good he gets a matchup against a solid secondary you have Lattimore still there although kind of up and down in terms of the competition he's playing I think Lamb is going to be too good for Marshawn Lattimore I'm sorry so this matchup for Lamb does look good Lamb looks like a solid play if you're looking at this price range at $10,000 flat I do think that it's going to be definitely a solid play and I do think that Lamb probably comes in a little bit lower on because of these next two players the first one is Taysom Hill at $9,600 Taysom Hill looks like a standout play this is assuming that he starts right and that's where the news is trending right now Hill started four games last year he scored 24 18 24 and 20 fantasy points so yes on average he was basically scoring like 21 fantasy points one of those games was a game where Kendall Hinton started against them on the Broncos because the whole team was out with COVID, the quarterback room. He only threw for 78 yards, I believe, in that game, but he still got there on the ground with some rushing touchdowns. So he just scores fantasy points. He is a great fantasy player. And now you get him on a showdown slate. And oh yeah, he's priced below $10,000 where quarterbacks normally are not priced that low. We like this spot for him. In those games, 233, 78, 232, and 292 passing yards. Again, the 78 you can kind of throw out because of that Broncos game. So you're getting like 250 yards per game, which can sustain some of his pass catchers. Four touchdowns, two picks, and a just 
just fine league average 7.3 yards per attempt passing now he himself has been dealing with injuries apparently this foot injury that he's been the emergency quarterback the last two weeks but Taysom Hill at $9,600 out of all the players we've talked about so far looks to be the best play out of every single player up here he looks to be a very strong captain option considering my projection on him my second highest projected player even though he's the fifth player in pricing and if you wanted to you can go over to super draft i don't have Taysom Hill in the captain spot right now but he is if i go over to super draft right now he is projecting out as my third highest projected player basically tied it's just decimals after that i have dalton schultz i have Taysom hill all these guys for 22 points and change but Taysom hill is definitely making a super draft lineup for me um you don't have to worry about salary cap on super draft they are just a multiplier format so it comes down to projection and how well you can project things if you want to use my projections down below but i can tell you right now my highest projected players are cd lamb Taysom hill dalton schultz and then probably amari cooper after that so getting a combination of some of those players like you can see right here getting one in your captain spot will be very beneficial to you this is a twenty-five thousand dollar uh contest it's five thousand dollars the first check it out the contest don't fill so your best chances of actually winning any amount of money first place just placing top 10 percent finish are on super draft because it'll fill out like 80 percent meaning you have to face 20 percent less of the people which is a whole lot think about a race 200 less people in a thousand person race then on FanDuel and DraftKings and all that stuff use the code sally get a free 25 bucks if you want to check that out but that's probably one of my favorite captain options on DraftKings is Taysom Hill we can talk more about it on the live stream on Thursday night exactly where we're going based on what the leverage plays the ownership is indicating but even on super draft as well he looks strong so this range right here is very very solid I mean next up is Amari Cooper who has not played in a couple weeks and honestly Amari not playing in a couple weeks getting diagnosed with COVID not being vaccinated he had to sit out the mandatory 10 days and it ended up leading to him not playing in both games Thanksgiving and their week 11 game but it might have helped him because he's been dealing with rib injuries all season long this rib injury right uh, apparently it's like a hairline fracture in it and now I mean you get an extra two two and a half three weeks to play because of the mini buy if anything this might make Amari look good who the last time we saw him in a full game of action got hurt the last time that we saw him the game before that they got blown out and he basically didn't play the whole fourth quarter last time we got four quarters out of Amari Cooper he dropped 26 29.2 fantasy points with the bonus so people are going to forget that seeing over seven targets per game right now I like Amari Cooper I think a lot of people will like Amari Cooper at this price tag my guess is that Amari Cooper becomes higher on the CD Lamb which maybe we find some leverage there but at this point right now I currently have Amari Cooper and CD Lamb basically for the same projection and you get a pretty decent price discount of $1,400 Amari clearly then a pretty strong captain option we now get below the $8,000 range we have a couple players in the $7,000 range it's kind of two in each range right here two in the 7k two in the 6k and two in the 5k which is nice it gives us a lot of different ranges to play from can leave money on the table pretty easily you go up top to Tony Pollard who like I said on Thanksgiving saw 42 percent of the running back opportunities there my guess is because one he's just really good he's involved either way uh, he ended up playing in that game I believe 42 percent of the snaps saw 42 percent of the opportunities just kind of worked out that way he ended up seeing four targets caught them all he ended up having 10 attempts got them down to the one yard line and then Zeke ended up vulturing Pollard's touchdown as funny as that sounds even though he's the backup but I think you see Pollard see decent volume the only problem here with Pollard is that he's kind of already priced for it like I have Pollard projecting out pretty nicely I think he sees a couple of receptions which for PPR formats like DraftKings will bolster him up a little bit so Pollard's definitely in play um, I think he'll be sort of a leverage play if you will because he's priced right next to a Amari Cooper and then right below him is a couple of other plays that might look more appealing to people like a Dalton Schultz Dalton Schultz if anything he's a steep price point as well he's very similar in Tony Pollard's price range but it might be better for him now that these guys are back CD Lamb and Amari Cooper might actually be better for Dalton Schultz believe it or not just less attention on Dalton Schultz he saw a lot of attention on Thanksgiving Day where he caught three balls 46 yards and a touchdown and ended up having a good game for like 13 and a half fantasy points on six targets but less attention coming his way now especially in the red zone with Lamb and Cooper being out there I do think bodes well for more underneath stuff 
four, and, and just those guys being back probably sees a little bit more too high safeties from the Saints who don't normally play that way. But if they did, it probably makes sense to with uh, more difficult wide receivers to deal with, which leaves more underneath stuff for Dalton Schultz. So Schultz and Pollard, neither of them scream out as obvious plays. If I had to choose one, it's kind of a coin flip. I have Pollard for about 13 fantasy points, Schultz for 12 and a half. They're similar price points. It'll probably come down to ownership. My guess is Pollard is lower owned. Next up is Michael Gallup, who got to operate as the wide receiver one on Thanksgiving Day. And honestly, Gallup's going to be good. Like he could be a wide receiver one on a lot of teams, definitely a wide receiver two on like almost every other team in the NFL at this point. He's a free agent. Uh, if they don't re-sign him, which I mean, I feel like they will, they, they'll try to maybe get out of the Amari deal, definitely have CeeDee Lamb there. But if he goes somewhere, he's going to be a really hot commodity. And he looked good. I mean, he got to show what he can do as a wide receiver one in a good matchup against the Raiders who play like one high safeties. But he ended up going over 100 yards, right? Uh, he ended up having five catches, 106 yards and eight targets. Now he's going to kind of slide back into that wide receiver role with Amari and Lamb due back in this game. If for some reason one of them missed, well, then obviously he looks even better. At 6,800 though on a showdown slate, I think he's just appropriately priced, maybe even slightly overpriced based on the fact that you would expect him to now operate as the third option maybe move into the slot a little bit which isn't a terrible idea for him but just target share wise even if you expected Dak in this game to throw even if he was to throw 40 times which I don't know if that'll be the case even if he threw 40 times take into account a couple of bat downs throwaways you got 37 actual attempts in the game you're starting to see the 25 percent target share for a cd lamb and an amari cooper all right well now you're starting to see out of that you know seven targets going each of their ways so it's, it's leaving like a five six target game left on the bone so gallup stays in play but he can't be a screaming yes for me um, i would probably i'm just going to say the lowest owned guy between gallup schultz and pollard Gallup's price tag probably leads to a little bit more ownership on him. Now we get to the Saints playmakers, and they're not that great. I mean, Taysom Hill looks good. Obviously, Kamara's expensive. You know what to expect from him, though. He's going to give you some sort of stable touches production in the passing game, uh, but a little bit question marks at that price tag. Marcus Callaway's on here. If I had to give one player, and we haven't given anybody a no yet, if I had to give one player above 6K a no, it'd probably be Zeke at 10,800, just the way that he's trending right now in the matchup. The second guy that it would be would probably be Marcus Callaway. And this is if I had to. If, if you're playing 150 lineups, I'd probably get like 15% Callaway. And and he's really like a maybe. But if you're trying to play one lineup and trying to give you something to actually choose between here, I'd probably give Callaway a no. One, because he has no connection at all. Like a Traquan Smith at least had a connection last year with Taysom Hill. He has no connection at all with Taysom Hill. He only ran six routes last year when Taysom Hill was the start of those four weeks, led to no targets. We just saw him this past week come into a game on Thanksgiving where he had three straight touchdowns coming in. The only reason he really had any production, he only sees three targets in that game from Simeon. He's just not that great. He's undrafted. He's a little bit bigger, but he's not fast. He doesn't get separation, right? Even in a decent matchup against the Cowboys secondary I don't really like it all that much for him so I think you probably see Callaway out here run his in a game where they're getting blown out in that game they kind of just gave up and, and kind of running the ball in the second half but 22 rounds run three targets I mean come on tough matchup for sure but Davis White got hurt in that game so I would say that Callaway's in line for a four or five target game can he score a touchdown yes so realistically if you're playing 150 lineups if you're playing 20 max you're going to want to have exposure it should be something like this but if you're just playing one to two to three lineups this is where I kind of start to draw my line in the sand and the guy that I'd rather go to is his teammate who is actually cheaper than him even though in significantly cheaper $800 cheaper even though Traquan Smith is operating as a number one receiver on his team and it makes sense he was actually a third round pick he's actually talented he wasn't an undrafted free agent like a Deontay Harris who's basically a special teams player like a Marquez Callaway who is in my opinion not that great as the wide receiver position relative to other NFL wide receivers like his teammate Traquan Smith and Traquan Smith continues to operate as a wide receiver one he led the team in routes with 29 last week seeing six targets which was a team high he ended up playing most of the time out of the slot is where he plays but he ended up playing last year in those four games he came back from injury himself but in those four games with Taysom Hill and in those final two games, you take out that Denver game, uh, those final two games, he saw six targets in each game, which was pretty damn good. It was basically like the high outside of Alvin Kamara during that time for any receivers. And now there's no Michael Thomas, which there was for part of that time. So I think Traquan Smith is a very strong play at 5,600. I do think that he's in play. I mean, we'll see how much Taysom Hill actually throws in this game, but I do think that he's in play uh, for a captain option. 
Next up is Mark Ingram. Ingram is a great play if there's no Kamara. If Kamara is in, I can't play a $5,000 Mark Ingram. He'll probably see eight to 10 touches, and that's just overpriced. So he's a no if you're going to see Kamara in there. If Kamara is out, though, he becomes an instant yes because in the two games that Kamara missed and Ingram was in before Thanksgiving, he saw 42 of the 49 running back opportunities, which was 85.7% during that week 10 and week 11 stretch, which would have ranked second in the NFL only behind Najee Harris if you just take that throughout a full season. So the usage was elite for Mark Ingram. Again, the problem there is Kamara limited fashion. If Kamara returns for this game, I think maybe you see a little bit more limited Kamara. Maybe you get 10, 12 touches out of Ingram, which at 5K, then on a showdown slate, puts him in play. But again, if you're playing one to three lineups similar to the Callaway take, if I had to draw a line in the sand somewhere, I wouldn't be going to Ingram. Same thing can be said for Cedric Wilson, assuming all these Cowboys receivers actually come back, assuming that Amari is healthy after coming off of COVID. He is expected to be back. Same thing for CeeDee Lamb with the concussion. Because Cedric Wilson is $4,800. He's going to operate as the wide receiver four. The wide receiver four in this offense runs like six to eight to maybe 10 routes. And that's if they're trailing or have to get into a shootout. So Cedric Wilson, who he himself is dealing with an injury might not even play did not practice on the estimated report monday he's just overpriced now if these other receivers return deontay harris you start to get down into this range now and you're, you're basically right by all these kickers and defenses here right so the kickers and defenses start to come up so in this 4k range it's cedric wilson who's not really that playable it's mark ingram who if kamar's back is not really that playable so you kind of get this big gap you get traquan smith a solid play and then you end up getting a thousand dollars less than that is one of his teammates deontay harris who harris has been playing on the outside with traquan smith returning and being in the slot these past couple of weeks and it's not leading to much like over these last two games he doesn't have any targets of or any receptions of 20 plus yards even though he's playing on the outside he's kind of undersized he does have some speed but it's not great four targets on thanksgiving one catch for nine yards should be a little bit easier of a matchup here at 4600 he definitely remains in play more so than his teammate callaway because he's like two thousand dollars less than callaway and at the end of the day these guys don't get enough volume that it's basically like touchdown or bust then you get to the defenses and you get to the kickers the defenses are, are firmly in play of course it's probably a good matchup for both of them based on how often that Dallas throws the ball. They've been susceptible to some turnovers, although not many. I would prefer the Dallas defense against Taysom Hill for obvious reasons there. You get to the kickers. If I had to choose one, I'll go Greg Zerline. He just projects out for like a point more and they're similarly priced, but both kickers are firmly in play. Uh, Brett Maurer will leave money on the table for New Orleans, but New Orleans is an aggressive team, right? So you get no Mike McCarthy for this game for the Cowboys, but I wouldn't expect them to become super aggressive. Mike McCarthy settles for field goals more, which is better for that. They have a higher team total, which is better for Greg Zerline. The opposite side, Sean Payton goes for a lot more fourth downs, especially when you have a mobile quarterback you have a lot more plays in your arsenal on fourth and shorts in the red zone which can lead to less field goal opportunities of course so that's another piece of the logic and the thinking there uh, and then you have the saints defense which i'll say the saints defense stays in play here but i i would prefer both kickers and the cowboys defense over them so if we had to choose a defense or a kicker to not play i'll just say the saints defense at 3800 and now we start to get to the final values on the slate right here and this is like the 3k and below range where can we find some value that's not a kicker and not a defense who below deontay harris's price range that is not a kicker and not a defense is valuable. Now, a couple of these plays become like sneaky on Superdraft because of what their high multipliers are. And a couple of those plays, mainly, mainly Traquan Smith will become a little bit sneakier for you. So Traquan has a 1.85x multiplier. He won't look as good projection-wise, but when he beats his projection, that high multiplier is going to help him a ton. Same thing can be said for the kickers. Now, the kickers, they're getting smarter here at Superdraft. Uh, Greg Zerline only has a 1.8x multiplier. This used to be like 2.2x, and then every single time a kicker would win the slate. So kicker's not as much in play over there, but some of the sneakier plays like a Traquan 
Smith, somewhat the kickers, a Deontay Harris with over a 2x multiplier. Those guys start to look good. But if I had to try and build like a mock line about, this is probably what it would look like. It would look like some sort of combination of Schultz, Hill, or Kamari. Like there's a lot of guys who can be in the captain spot up top. You kind of take your stabs at them. I think Schultz will probably be the lowest zone and has a nicer multiplier. But then kind of filling it in with these types of players. Other guys that are not in this lineup, you can definitely fill it in with would be Dak Prescott, of course, would be Ezekiel Elliott. I think Marcus Cowley, Traquan Smith, and the kickers are also in play. But that's kind of a mock lineup. Um, if you if you take that, just be aware that other people are probably going to use it. So it automatically makes your lineup less valuable because if you win, you have to split money. But you can use the code SAL there and you get that free $25 to play on Superdraft. A great spot to be playing, especially with less competition and less people having more information and access to it just because they don't know about it. Uh, but now these guys below this price range, it's really tough to find value here, right? Like Nick Vanette, no thank you. $3,600 Nick Vanette. Nobody should be playing Nick Vanette in this game. And Nick Vanette is a blocking tight end. But Sally scored a, a touchdown on Thanksgiving. He only ran in that game five routes. In a game when they're trailing in the second half, he is a blocking tight end. He ran five routes. He had your, your, your typical like tight end scores in the red zone, play action, all this type of stuff, right? So that's the only way that he actually got involved. He ran five routes. Five routes. 95% of the time is going to lead to zero fantasy points, right? So I don't want to go to Nick Vanette, especially at the price tag. Even if Nick Vanette scores a one-yard touchdown again and goes, I mean, in this game, what was it, an 11? No, it was a, yeah, 11-yard 11, 11 touchdown in the red zone. But even if he was to score a play-action touchdown for a yard and had seven fantasy points, at 3,600, seven fantasy points should be enough, but it's not even a guarantee. He's just overpriced for what his role is. Same thing can be said for Ty Montgomery, the former Packer. I like Ty Montgomery, right? He's been banged up. He, he's converted from a running back to a receiver. He kind of played the hybrid role in that last game, seeing six carries on Thanksgiving and he also ran 19 routes the third most on the team saw six targets there so 12 opportunities for time montgomery three thousand dollars yeah he's just overpriced at this point mark ingram is set to return so there goes all the rushing attempts for time montgomery and probably most of the receiving work and if kamara returns time montgomery might not even step on the field so at this price tag with mark ingram due back and potentially kamara coming back not interested i have time montgomery for two fantasy points little jordan humphrey similar things can be said for him as well he operated as the wide receiver four in the last game for a run first offense that barely uses their first three wide receivers i don't have interest in the wide receiver four i know that simeon was looking his way often five targets three catches 47 yards on thanksgiving and now he'll have to work with Taysom hill he's a bigger bodied slower receiver i would expect somewhere and, and honestly he's just priced for the role if he's 200 dollars, you could take a stab on it i'm for 1.2 fantasy points i'd expect about one target here so where can we find some value in this range the answer is probably nowhere if there was one spot it would be Jawan johnson so if you're looking for a punt play below the defenses and kickers below 3800 saints price tag it would be Juwan Johnson. Now I'm going to put Juwan Johnson on here as a yes. That does not mean put him in every single one of your lineups. That means relative to the other players below $4,000, I would choose him over them. Does that mean I would choose Juwan Johnson over, let's just say, Greg Zerline or Traycon Smith? No, probably not. Those guys I have projecting out for like double his fantasy points. But Juwan Johnson, he did not do anything in terms of targets on Thanksgiving. That is not good. But he did run a tight end high 18 routes in that game. So he ran 18 routes, which is like third, fourth most on the team behind Montgomery, right? He saw zero targets. So that's the bigger concern. But 18 routes is still good usage. If I'm going to get 18 routes out of a tight end, especially if they're going to trail again in this game, based on being five and a half point underdogs, 18 routes for the price tag of 1400 on a showdown slate where there's no other valuable value, in my opinion, looks good. Sean McKinnon, another guy who scored on Thanksgiving. Ah, Sal, can't we go there? No, not at all. Zero inches. He ran one route. That one route turned into a touchdown. He only ran one route. The other 11 snaps he was on the field for, he was just blocking. One route ended up being a touchdown that like rarely probably ever, maybe the only time this year that that's happened. So no, thank you. Tony Jones Jr. Even if he was the starting running back at $800, I mean, that man was just brutal, right? He ended up having 16 rushing attempts for 27 yards on 38 snaps, only ran three routes with Ingram due back. His role is completely gone. And obviously if Kamara comes back even more so. So yeah, these guys really aren't in play. Noah Brown will operate at best as a wide receiver five in this game at or at best as a wide receiver four, if Cedric Wilson is out, at worst, the wide receiver five. So 
if Cedric Wilson is out, I do think you could see Noah Brown operate as a wide receiver four, run eight routes, maybe see one or two targets, mainly like a blocking receiver on running plays. So if there was one play out of these four guys at a thousand or below between McKinnon, Tony Jones, and Malik Turner, and Noah Brown, I guess I would say by process of elimination, it is Noah Brown. I have him for 1.8 fantasy points, but realistically, I'm probably not getting to him. Malik Turner, the final guy on here. Malik Turner, there's a chance that he's inactive for this game if Cedric Wilson is healthy. If Cedric Wilson is out, Malik Turner will operate as a wide receiver five in a game where there was no Lamb and Amari. He only ended up playing like 12 snaps in that Thanksgiving game, which went to overtime. So expect zero routes run if all the five receivers ahead of him are healthy. And if Cedric Wilson is out, maybe you get like three or four routes from Malik Turner here, which is not enough to be in play for me. So value's tight on this slate. Like kickers and defenses are kind of the value on this slate, unfortunately. So a very like common build you're going to see is probably like a middle, uh, one of these guys right around here, CeeDee Lamb, maybe maybe like a Taysom Hill captain with a Dak. You get a kicker in there to, to loosen up the salary a little bit. You get a Traquan, right? That type of a build. And now you can start to put something together. So yeah, the mid-range is decent. I'll definitely say it's a decent mid-range when you're talking about Michael Gallup's there. Traquan Smith is there. Um, but then it gets really difficult. Cedric Wilson, overpriced. Mark Ingram, if Kamara's back, overpriced. And you're quickly into the kicker's defenses and really just Deontay Harris only dude below 4k that really looks good to me outside of the saints defense to an extent the only dude is even going to see like actual usage in this game is Jawan johnson and that's probably a touchdown or bust for you so yeah it's, it's a fun thursday night football slate it's an actual fun game in my opinion and depending on what happens with this injury news maybe you get a marking room to open up maybe you get a noah brown to look a little bit more appealing i do think that there's nice ways to build out this slate the Traquan smith captain lineup so let you get more studs in can he find the end zone right that type of thing i do think that it's interesting Taysom hill makes this slate a lot more fun fingers crossed by the time you're watching this he's already been ruled to start by the team Rappaport inside information says that it's going to happen anyways and it should it should you're paying the man a lot of money so thank you for tuning into this video i appreciate you a ton support the sponsor of the program superdraft right superdraft.io free 25 dollars credit to play with if you use the code sal appreciate that in advance and rate this podcast.com slash sal you're at the end of the show if you made it this far take two seconds to get your chance into a hundred dollar raffle rate this podcast.com slash sal you type that in takes about 30 seconds leave a five-star review say something nice about the show really helps the podcast we are now into the top 25 podcasts the little podcast right here right uh, the little podcast against all the industry giants cbs espn all those guys up there pff we are now 25th in the podcast rankings for fantasy sports so i appreciate that let's crack the top 20 thank you all so much in advance i'll see you when i see you gang and i'll see you in the next one thursday night live stream be there or don't do whatever you want to do with your night see you later